Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Hot Take Hot Box, Matt McSweeney, April 1st, 2021, we are coming to you from. It is opening day in Major League Baseball. Your fighting fills are taking on the Atlanta Braves today. Aaron Noel on the mound. Opening day is always new beginnings, new possibilities, new everything. I'm old enough to remember when this, you know, when, when opening day was an event in this city. I mean, back in high school, you'd have it on in the lunchroom. Just be, you know, you'd be thinking about it all day and all, all winter. Getting, you know, it was the only thing that would keep you going as a, as a, you know, a four for four hardcore Philly sports fan. I mean, they they were it, dude. They were they were the cream of the crop, the pit, like the best best team in baseball for like four years running, and you know, had a superstar, you know, studded like all star, just legendary, like you know, studded lineup. Not and and rotation and everything, man. I mean, the names you you can go ring off, you know, are incredible. But we're talking about today, baby. All right, this is a new day in Phil in the Philly, you know, in the Philadelphia Phillies in the red pinstripes. Okay, a legendary, a you know, an iconic franchise takes their next step into becoming what we all believe they can be, which is you know, is hopefully the second wild card. Uh, you know, we're, we're making the playoffs, all right? That's all we're asking for. I'm not, I'm not asking for anything crazy, okay? I'm not, you know, I don't want to return to the glory days yet. Baby steps, all right? Uh, you know, good, good news. Oduble didn't make the team. Uh, it looks like they're gonna go with Hazley and uh, Quinn as a pl- as a platoon sort of situation out in center field. I don't exactly agree, you know, necessarily with that. I don't love Quinn. I don't love Hazley. I, you know, I don't like, I didn't really like any of them. Other, you know, I, I want to see Mickey Moniak, uh, you know, be, become a good player because he's so young and, you know, seems seemingly so gifted and seems like he could become a, you know, a, not a, I guess a franchise cornerstone, but like a, you know, a big part of our future, not just, you know, this year. I know Hazley and those guys are young, but you know, I feel like they've been given their their chance in the big leagues, and we've seen what they can do. And Hazley's not much of a power hitter; he's more of a, you know, he's a good hitter. He gets on base and he fields his position well. And Roman Quinn's obviously the speed guy, and you know, he gets on base from time to time. But ah, you know, I just thought Mick had more potential, more promise. So let's talk about you know the lineup. All right, what 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 they're what the Phils are going to throw out there, just especially today because this is the. You know, opening day is usually a, a guideline, a signifier of what the team, you know, this is what this is what they want. This is what they're hoping for. Obviously, it can change throughout the season, but, um, you know, let's let's just uh, let's just start. Okay, they're going McCutcheon. McCutcheon's leading off. Let me take a little. Got a little coffee today, folks. I'm going to I'm going to be motor mouthing you. I'm going to be talking a lot. No water. I've been off the water during the podcast for a little bit now. You know, I, I got to get back to it. There's been a uh, disagreement. Uh, in uh, the corporate head, head, you know, headquarters between water and uh, the, you know, the powers that be here at Hot Take Hot Box. So we're, we're looking to figure that out. We still like water. We still drink it. But for us to be, you know, sp- doing our sponsored ad, we really, you know, we don't feel comfortable doing that at this time. So just, I just want to, I, I got to be transparent. I wanted to be honest with everyone. Cutching out in left field, uh, you know, leading off. Question if he's going to be able to stay. I mean, 
you know, stay healthy for the, the whole season. I know that's just kind of like a negative way to look at it, but that uh, return to 162 games, like we'll we'll see. You know, I don't, I don't even want to start going down that road because I could start doing that for Hoskins and the whole crew. So they got McCutcheon, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, Alec Bohm, Didi Glorious, Gene Segura, Adam Hazy. At, oh, geez, I'm beefing some of these names. Let me go back here. Let me let me you know rewind here. D.D. Gregorius, Gene Segura, Adam Hazley. I can do it. Just got to take my time. And Aaron Nola on the bump. So, you know, things to maybe look for, look for or, you know, like keep an eye out on. Like I said, maybe, you know, I, I, left field is going to be McCutcheon as long as he's healthy. Uh, I would be curious to see what Hoskins looks like with his arm. You know, he just came off Tommy John surgery. So, you know, he's he's back, and he, he looks good. He looked good in the uh, Grapefruit League. But, he, you know, I want to see if he can hold up, you know, for, you know, till the end of the year. It seems like these Phillies, uh, a lot of the Hoskins and um, especially Nola, uh, they kind of run out of gas towards the end of the year. By the time August, September rolls around, when we really need them, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Hoskins is hitting, you know, low two hundreds, and and Nola is nowhere near the ace pitcher that he's been all year and that we need. You know, by that time we're, we we are needing these wins from you know when it's his time in the rotation. We're like, oh, here we go, Nola. We need this. This is a win. And last couple of years it has not been. Excuse me, it has not been you know anywhere near you know a lock in in that part of the year. Phils are in a, a tough a tough tough division this year, man. But I, I think that they definitely are, you know, capable of putting together, you know, a, a run of some sort. They, they do have a, you know, a really good-looking team, man. You know, like a, a, a good line, a really good lineup and, a, you know, a rotation that if just one or two, guys, you know, of those guys, you know, I hate that we're always in this situation where we're hoping for, you know, this guy or that guy to be, you know, grow into something or you know but I, the the thing i like this year that as opposed to the last couple of years is you know aaron nola zach wheeler eflin we've seen before but two new names matt moore and chase anderson you know like uh, before in, in years past we would run the same vince velasquez's out there and expect a different result every year the nick pavetta's you know it, it was the same thing every year but we were hoping for something different at least this year we're getting a new face in there what whether the result's going to be different or not I don't know, you know, we none of us are mind readers or predictors, but it, it's good to it's good to see that we're at least, at least changing the strategy a little bit. All right, Dave Dombrowski, you know, at least not just bashing his head against the wall and hoping that he breaks a brick wall down with his fucking forehead. Different ways to do things, different names that you can bring in here, different guys that you can just scoop up from Japan and hope that they maybe you know are great players, as opposed to teaching uh, Nick Pavetta the same bullshit or whatever you're trying to fix with him which is you know he's got great stuff so it's obviously all upstairs mentally that guy is just broken you give up a home run and it was see you later 96 right down the heart so dudes are just taking it and piss missling it out the left to right field i digress i don't want to go back into the past you know i i'm biggest phillies fans as anyone else out there man i I live for the the middle of the summer, May, June, July, August, just those dog days of, I mean, 
baseball's not really competing with anything, you know? Like, it, it's it, – uh, for viewing for viewership and my attention as a sports fan, it's it, it's all by itself during the summer. Uh, you know, now it's got all basketball and the, all, all the schedules are all out of whack, but you, usually it's been, you know, they're the kings of the summer and there's not, not they're the only, you know, game in town. So, so you get locked in on a, you know, a random Thursday game and you, you're sitting there watching until 11 o'clock, seeing them bring in Tommy Hunter and God, you know, f- who was the dude that was running in? I can't even remember his name. Like it, it's you know, it, I, it's so like the 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 bullpen names that they would constantly bring in is just unbelievable. What is this guy? Jack Jared Hughes. Jared Hughes. There it is. I just looked it up. I that that name would have completely went over my head. Like I, you just think of how many of those guys. In, in the Klintec era, we're, we're coming out of the bullpen for us and just gave us completely nothing. I mean, David Robertson was a signing who I don't I think that guy may have pitched in one month of the season for us. And it's crazy, you know? Like, at least this year we got guys like Archie Bradley and, you know, Jose, Jose Alvarado. I always want to say Jesus Alvarado, but it's, it's Jose Alvarado. Uh, you know, and just uh, just some new names. You know, Naris is still going to close games, so we'll see how that goes. Velasquez is supposedly coming out of the bullpen. We'll see how he looks out of that role, and you know, we'll just see what this team look you know looks like. You know, in this first week, I'm going to be doing breakdowns every week of of the games and what what we're looking at, how the team's looking. Because I, I mean, I love baseball, guys. I, I do. I, I love it. It's one of my first loves. I remember watching it with my grandpa, and just you know, becoming you know, just becoming a uh, a huge, huge fan. I remember being at the vet, like I, I, you know, in my in my young days. I just you know, I grew up, I grew up in this, so it's like it's hard to you know not be excited and giddy for opening day every single year, no matter how bad the team has been. You know, when Marlon Bird was playing center and right field for the Phillies in 20, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever year, those years all melted together. You know, I was I was a fan. I was excited. I was like, oh, here we go. Can we get Marlon Bird to hit, you know, this many home runs, you know, and then we'll be able to compete. And even though those teams had absolutely no chance, we still believed. And I believe this year, dude. So, you know, a couple more things to look for. I mean, you know, maybe maybe we might see Bryson Stott. Mickey Moniak, Spencer Howard called up later in the year. You know, all all possibilities, bro. All you know, all, all, a lot of you know. At least it, it feels whether this is true or not that there's a little you know a couple more young prospects, young blue chippers that you know I feel a little bit more excitement or confidence in, and just want to see them you know come up to the big club. You know, not that we need them, but you know. Like Bryce Harper said, those guys will come in clutch in a playoff run. You know, the, one of those guys could be could provide a spark. And, and when you call them up in July or August, or say, you know, DD gets hurt or Segura, you know, like anything can happen during the season. And also, a guy I'm not talking about is Kingery, who they have to try and rebuild him as a player. You know that, that these guys you could all possibly see down the road. I mean, Kingery could come up and be a you know huge part of your bench or say a Segura gets hurt and he's starting to hit, you know, tear it up in AAA. That would be a guy, you know, you, you plug right in and go and, you know, look for, uh, you know, they got, I'm talking about a couple of the bench guys, nap off the bench, Brad Miller, uh, Ronald Torres, you know, a couple of good utility guys in the infield. 
and it looks like Quinn and Joyce are going to be your backup uh, outfielders. So, you know, it seems like uh, J- Joyce will be playing a little bit of uh, it. Seems for me to me. You know, he'll be playing a little bit of left field when uh, McCutcheon needs a break and uh, Quinn and jo- you know, Quinn and Hazley will be going back and forth for center field depending on who's pitching left or righty. Uh, you know, Hazley they, they seem to think that he can't hit lefties. You know, I don't know if the numbers necessarily bear that out as my man Broads would point out on uh, on on Twitter, great follow, you know, sports talk with Broads dude. The guy the guy's a fucking, you know, he's a genius. He is he is a fucking genius. Um so yeah, I that I, you know, that's about it for the Phillies. We got 162 games coming up. We you know, we're not going to get too high or too low here about games in April. They they really don't matter. We've won opening days where I thought we were going to go all the way and then we sucked after and then we've lost plenty of opening days when the Phillies were good and they proceeded to turn it around or started horrible in April or started great in April, you know, so it's you got you got to ride the waves, but you can't, you know, you can't get too high and you can't get too low, folks. You got to you got to just, you know, maintain your your levels of excitement and just, you know, enjoy enjoy the ride though. Enjoy the ride. It's a good baseball team. Uh, I think the Braves and Mets may be maybe better. Uh, you know, Marlins, that's a different story. Nationals are going to be pretty good too. So, I, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to get into the playoffs and get into that wild card. And I don't think that this team's good enough to win the division as is right now. So, uh, I'm, but I'm maintaining an open mind and I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what the, what the boys do. And I love Bryce Harper and I'm never not support Bryce Harper or get excited for, you know, these guys to play while he, as long as he's on this team, man, because, you know, I, I, I believe in that guy that much. That guy believed in this city, and I'll never not believe in him. So I, I, I'm excited. I look forward to it. And, uh, you know, I got high hopes. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all in. Talk about the Sixers. Uh, Sixers, real quick, because, you know, it's not going to be, this is not going to be your usual, uh, you know, Sixers 20 minute segment where we, you know, break down the future of the team and all that, because I, I just don't, believe it's worth that this week that this was you know it's only a two-game week and we're still waiting to hear word on Embiid and you know he's getting closer to uh you know returning to basketball activities and all that and I don't I'm not a big you know we did so many years of following the injury reports and you know like you know getting ready like is he back he's playing five on five he's playing three on three non-contact one on one I don't want you know I don't want anything to do with it I just want to know when he's back to practice. I want to know when he's going to come back to the games. You know, I just want a roundabout estimate, you know, all that. That's all I care about. So right now we really don't have much information on the Embiid front of specifically when he's going to come back. So it's kind of just a grind right now. Uh, And in last week since this uh, podcast happened, uh, which was only the two games that we were talking about, they lost both. Um, Dwight got, got thrown out of that Clippers game. Like, he got thrown out of the Lakers game. He got thrown out of both L.A. games, which is, uh, you know, impressive. Honestly, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Tobias had 29. Uh, Ben, what, fouled out? Yeah, you know, so it was just an ugly game. It seemed like they were pretty much out of it from the, you know, from the jump. Had it on uh, next to the UFC while I was watching the UFC, and I just, we eventually turned it off and went right to the NCAA because it was like, the Sixers, the Sixers team, it's not, you know, it, it doesn't give me an accurate depiction of what we what we could look like against these teams, you know. It's not, 
you know, it's hard to like you know say like put in the words, but like really, who cares? You know, when we were beating teams without their best player, I said, "Who cares?" And when teams are beating us without our best player, like who cares? It doesn't matter. We are going to get passed in the if we haven't already. Yeah, we've been passed in the division. You know, you lose those two games, and Brooklyn's not going to stop. They just lost James Harden, so. Maybe that you know slows them down a little bit, but it looks like they're going to get KD back soon, so they're going to be tough to catch. Milwaukee, I'm worried about losing that, that two spot to Milwaukee. We really do need to get Embiid back as soon as possible. I mean, Charlotte's the four seed; they're having a hell of a year, but it, right after that, Bucks it, it drops off to 24 and 22, and then everyone else is 500. Heat, Knicks, Hawks. Right now, season end of the day, we'd be playing the Hawks in the first round. You know, take that for what it's worth. So you know, what what they they lose the to the Nuggets as well. I guess I, I guess I should add that that they were they lost they lose to them in a game that they were never really in. Uh, Tobias only has twelve six of thirteen. You know, Curry has been pretty bad. He's been pretty bad. Uh, you know, for a while now. I mean, it's almost like a month where it's just it, his effectiveness has dropped tremendously. Uh, kind of seems like since the COVID. Uh, you know, situation, maybe, I don't know, you know, if that's still affecting him or what the deal is, but, like, you go and look at, like, just look at his last couple of game logs, I mean, yeah, he, you know, 8, 7, and then, you know, he had the 19 against the uh, Lakers, then a 10 where he's 4 for 11, 2 for 8 from 3, you know, he's got 20 against the Knicks, 21 against Sacramento, those are two bad teams, and it's 14, 12, 14, 7, 4, 15, you know, like, he was... I'm used to, I was used to him scoring upper teens, 20s for a while there. and Maybe I'm being a little too hard on him, but you know, since no no MB to run that pick and roll off of, and that, that's kind of, they were like working off of each other so well. Maybe they're just missing that right now. So, you know, I, I guess that's that's pretty much the, the end of right here, like on the Sixers talk. I, you know, they lose both games. They play what? The one more road game against the Cavs, which that that's a problem. They're ten point favorites tonight, but that seems like a lot of points, dude. Then Saturday against the, at home against the Timberwolves, uh, again Sunday against the Grizzlies, and then Tuesday against the uh, the Celtics. So, I mean, those are four very winnable games, especially after you come home on Saturday night. Uh, you could tell you could just tell they were done with that West Coast trip, the, that Clippers game, and. You know, that Nuggets game, they the Nuggets, they were never really in. The Clippers game, you could just tell they were running out of gas. They, they didn't have the, you know, the juice to hang with those guys for the whole for the whole distance. Once that second half started, it was like, you know, we turned, like I said, we just turned it off like midway through the third. It was like, ah, you know, it, it wasn't, I, it wasn't really grabbing my attention. It's not something that I'm like, like I said, locked in on because it's not even, not only a regular season game, not, we don't have our players. So. I look forward to, you know, seeing what they, uh, the Celtics game will 100% be something I'm locked in on. I'll be following the other games, like I said, you know, I'll watch them like I always do, but, you know, yeah, those two, like, there's a difference between watching intently where it's nothing, nothing else will grab my focus, and then there's a different, you know, and then there's just, you know, checking in on a game and, uh, you know, why, like, flipping back and forth between something else. The, the the Cavs, Timberwolves, and Grizzlies games are flip around games, and you know if the game's good, then I'll I'll stay locked in on it. But 
you know, you, 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 you don't get my time that, that easily, Sixers. You, you got you got to give me a good product. You got to give me a reason to watch. And it's not their fault. I'm not saying they're a great, they're a great basketball team. But, you know, in the dog days of the regular season without without Joel, I, 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 need, I need the king back. It hurt. It actually, you know what it is? I, I realize it hurts watching them without him. Just because I know, like, seeing these, these teams do these things to us, especially since the Giannis game, it, it was like, you would never do this if the big guy was here. Like, like, I, like I said last week, you would never, ever do that. And it's just so disrespectful. And I just want my big brother to come home and, and, save, and, and start, you know, beating up the guys who've been bullying us while, while he's been gone. So, so go Sixers. Hope um, George Hill's back from his thumb injury soon, which I didn't know anything about. You know, shame on me, the you know Matt the podcaster, not knowing that we were trading for a guy who was already injured. How much shit though do you expect me to keep up with? All right, I'm I'm in here, you know, checking on on guys' knee injuries and you know, important actually important players. You know, I'm following guys, you know. Twitter accounts. I'm, I'm seeing who's training with who for you know UFC fights. You know Jalen Hurts is lifting weights. Uh, Carson's out there, you know, you know, on his Bobcat again. There's so much stuff. You know, I, I'm only one man. All right. Uh, until I get the funding to add the, uh, you know, until corporate gives me my money and, and lets me lets me, you know, get my workforce in here. It's gonna be difficult to keep up with all this stuff. For God's sake. Jeez. Uh. So I, I'll, let's move on. Uh. I wanted to do a little bit of uh, Eagles. I just wanted to do a quick. Uh, I think each week before the draft, we'll just do a little PFF, uh, you know, mock draft simulator real quick in here. Not even the whole thing. I just want to do like the first two rounds to see like what, what the you know what the vibes are. What what you know what how how much of a mistake did we really make in uh, you know, and what's it called make, making the trade that we made? You know, I, I'm still sick to my stomach about this, and you know, I. I'm having trouble sleeping at night and stuff like that. So you know, like, let's look at this. And this, I just did. I just ran a quick one, and uh, I'm gonna tell you everyone. You know, all the guys who just went. All right. So Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three going to the uh, to the 49ers. Even though word is that Mac Jones supposedly is their guy, but no one really knows who their guy is and. I have, you know, maybe they don't even know, but I imagine if you make that trade, you, you got to know who you, who, you know, who you want or, you know, they know, he knows, they know, you know, I shouldn't say he knows. I, I keep thinking of Kyle Shanahan's running that by himself, but there's still a man named John Lynch in there who's, you know, helping him build that team. Uh, Lawrence Wilson, you got Trey Lance, uh, Patrick Sertan going four. Which is interesting. I mean, they got them here that they need edge rushing and cornerback and defense. They they need them, but I haven't I haven't seen Sertan go that high in, in, in any of the mock drafts. Penny Sewell going five. You know, obviously Joe Barrow needs some protection after his knee got folded up like an accordion. Mika Parsons going six. Uh, that's the guy I want for the Eagles. Uh, the more the more I think about it, and the more you know uh, of these I've done, he's fallen a couple times and. I pick him right away. We we when the last time the Eagles I, I can't even think the last time the Eagles had a uh, a bona fide lockdown you know or not even lockdown just like a uh, a linebacker or interior linebacker who's just the soul of your defense. You know, like a, I, I, as for as long as I've been around, the Eagles have had good linebackers and Jeremiah Trotter and things like that, but they've never had a guy that 
they've drafted that high, and it's probably good, you know, it's probably for a reason, and that probably lets me know that they're not going to do it here in this situation if he falls, you know. But we traded out of six, and uh, you know, it's interesting then to find out, you know, Jamar Chase here going to uh, Detroit at seven, which would. Oh man, that would make oh that would upset me. All right, that would make me sick to my stomach, and I, as I've stated, uh, you know, privately, and I'll state publicly, I'm trying to remain open-minded now about this 12 pick and what what they have planned and what you know what's going on. They have to make it make sense to me very soon, though, and I believe at this draft in April they they're going to make it make sense to me. I really hope. Uh, Devontae Smith going eight to Carolina. So that's two wide receivers off the board. Justin Fields going nine to Denver, which they need a quarterback. And I guess you could argue that we need a quarterback as well. Uh, you know, and then we got Rashawn Slater going 10 to the Cowboys, which he they said he's like smaller, but he can move outside and, you know. Maybe they, you might think that's too high for a guard if you really think he's a guard or if you think he can play outside, then, you know, it's all about what he fits into your system. And then you got 10 or 11 here going Kyle Pitts to the New York Giants, even though they did just, you know, they they have a lot of uh, tight end. I doubt that they would pick Pitts there. I mean, they just signed Kyle Rudolph and they still have uh, Evan Ingram, even though that guy is, you know, not really that good. In my opinion, I mean, he's barely he's barely ever on the field, so let's, I don't want I don't want to shit on him too much and have some Giants fan who listens to this randomly get pissed off. Uh, so what are we gonna go here? All right, I think you can still get a good player here. Got Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, J.C. Horn, uh, you know, and then uh, Christian Barmore, Barmore, Christian. There's a lot of Christians. Christian Darasol, he's a tackle from Virginia Tech. Rashad Bateman. I'm going Waddle, going Waddle, and then let's see what uh, let's see what ends up here in the second round. J.C. Horn went right after Rondale Moore, Bateman. Uh, I see a lot of Elijah Moore ends up always in the second round. Uh, I like Jamar Johnson, uh, Travis Etienne. I mean, I would really think about a uh, a running back here. In the second round, you could get ETN or, or probably. Um, let me see if he's even available. I would imagine Najee Harris. I don't know where Najee Harris has been going. They got Najee Harris ranked sixty-five on this. His average draft position is sixty-seven, and the Eagles have a pick at seventy. So maybe you know, maybe you could get. Maybe they they view they've always viewed running back as like you can get him at any time. You got Chuba Hubbard and Trey Summon. Or Trey Sermon, summon Trey Sermon in the uh, you know the one fifties range, one fifty one and one fifty three. There's a lot of running backs. I mean, Jared Patterson ran for like seven hundred yards one at one time this season, or like fifty. He ran for like ten touchdowns in a game or something, something crazy. Uh, you know, and then I really like Jamar Jefferson from um, Oregon State. He's at the very end of the draft. Uh, you know, I I don't know how good he's gonna, of a pro he's going to be. I loved him in college. So you know who who knows, bro. I, I, right there, I'd probably go e. You know, I'd probably go ETN. I think ETN's a great player. I think he could be an incredible player. I'd like to see Najee Harris goes pretty early in there. Right there, he went like forty five. So I I think if you're gonna go, if you're really gonna go, Jalen Hurts, you know, you, you have you got to help him out with 
a, a you know a running back or a, a running game. I think that's the key. That that that'll help him become a better passer if those teams have to worry about the 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 deadly run game that we have. The the way they had it in Indianapolis, they had all those running backs that they were able to just flick bring into the game. The the Jonathan Taylors and the Marlon Max and the you know the the Naheem Hines and the Jordan Wilkins and you know there's a lot there was a lot of guys there. I know Marlon Mack got hurt and all that, but there was a lot there was a lot of guys that they could go to and a lot of different options that they were they were you know had at their had at their at disposal that they were able to you know use on teams and we don't necessarily have the wide receivers or the weapons on the outside so you're gonna have to help this guy somehow in some way. And maybe that maybe you can get a wide receiver in that thirty-seven slot that you really believe can you know help us this year or you know be be a big part of your future. But I I would consider looking at that them running backs if the running backs are going to stay there. You know I you know you got Miles Sanders and you know he can be a bell cow, but you also need another guy that you can go to and you know when he comes in the game it's not you know you're not missing a beat. And I, I love ETN. I love Harris. I. I love, I love, you know, I, 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 like, yeah, a running back is like getting a real, like a really nice expensive car. If you got the money for it, why not? Why not? Why not? You know, but I'm sure they would tell me that, you know, that's not a position they need right now. You can get someone just as good later in the draft, get a tackle, get this. And I won't be mad at you, but just telling you what I like and what I would do. NCAA tournament this weekend that that kind of had my uh, focus for a lot of you know what was going on. Oregon State got it done against Loyola. Uh, you know, down goes Sister Jean. Baylor Baylor cooked Villanova. It was a game for a little bit, but second half they just took they just took over and you know rode away. Arkansas outlasted Oral Roberts in one hell of a game. Houston got it done against Syracuse. You know, uh, they that was just kind of like a that. The athleticism of Houston was able to, you know, just just out athlete the the two three zone, and they were able to make shots. You know that two three zone. It's it, it seems like if they you know if Syracuse doesn't have the, you know, which it seemed like this year, like the elite talent, you know, or or, or those top you know McDonald's All Americans as, as you know from playing. I've been playing NCAA basketball uh, recently. The uh, 2010 with Blake Griffin on the cover, so I'm all in on the McDonald's All-Americans. But like, if you don't have the, those top-flight players, then you're going to get beat by a team like Houston. That's just you know just way more physical and can you know your zone isn't really affecting them and, and making shots. That that's ultimately you know what gets it done. Gonzaga cooked, cooks Creighton. Not much of a game. Same thing with Michigan, UCLA. Uh, wins in overtime against Alabama. Alabama shot 43% from the free throw line. Just despicable. Um, they make a shot at, at the end of the uh, at the end of regulation to send it to overtime, like a deep, deep, deep three. USC wasn't even close. Um, Houston then you know gets it done against Oregon State. They were winning all night. Uh, Oregon State came back, made it more of a game uh, that night. Monday night, I wanted to give a little shout out to the women's game. I watched the UConn Baylor game. Uh, Paige Beckers is incredible, dude. She that girl is a hooper. She can shoot from anywhere at any time. She can get. She can create off the dribble, and she's just a tough guard. And she's so skinny, dude. She's so like you. She can tell she's a freshman. Uh, I I would be scared for women's basketball when she starts to grow into her body and becomes more, uh, you know, starts to resemble more of a uh, athlete. 
and she, she's going to be a problem, dude. Uh, I, I would look out for her, and I really hope that the uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia has a WNBA team so that we can draft her and I can get my season tickets because I would be all in, ladies and gentlemen, all in. Baylor beats Arkansas, uh, the end of Musselman's run. I thought Arkansas Arkansas hung around, but same same situation. Baylor's just outlasted them, just better than them. Gonzaga worked USC last night. Again, was not close. Or, I'm sorry, this was two, Tuesday night. That you know, I, This is a Thursday for all transparency, ladies and gentlemen. I just lose track of the day sometimes. And Michigan, the number one seed, goes down to UCLA, the Bruins, the three Jays, Juzang, Jacquez, they got it done. They're going to the Final Four. So it's Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor, and UCLA. UCLA and Gonzaga playing each other. Baylor and Houston. It's going to be a hell of a game, man. I'll tell you one thing. A team from Texas from one side is going to make it, and Gonzaga might be able to exact their revenge from the Adam Morrison days when they got taken down by Nick Collison and the boys. Or Nick uh, Darren Collison. So one of the Collisons took them down. And I look forward to it. And I'll have all the breakdown on, uh, you know, on next on those final four games on Saturday and the national championship on Monday. It should be should be entertaining. Uh, Flyers uh, this week. What what did they lose? Hold on, let me look this up. Let me look this up. How we you know? I want to make sure we give the Flyers their just due when we talk about them. They lost six to one last night to the Sabers, who had lost eighteen games in a row. Okay. 18 games in a row. The last couple weeks, guys, the Flyers have turned into a absolute dog shit organization team. And, you know, they're losing games 8-3, to 6-1, to 9 nothing. How do you fuck do you lose 9 nothing as a professional hockey team, bro? 7-3. Like, that's in February. Like, uh, I just, you know... Wh- I'm, I'm wasting my time even and breath talking about those guys. They're the same fucking shit every year. Every year. Always coming up short. Always an excuse. Always, you know, oh, well, uh, it's Carter Hart, uh, you know. Now he sucks. But we still got third, you know, uh, uh, Claude Giroux still here, captain. He's talking in that Sabres game when they came back. I turned the game on. He's sitting there going, you know, they're, they're talking about who spoke up in the interim, uh, you know, in between periods. Scott Lawton and Justin Braun. That cap, when has the captain ever spoken up? Does, does he? I mean, isn't that, what, isn't that what the captain is? He's supposed to lead? I am the captain now? I don't know, man. I feel like it's run its course. Uh, that's another situation where I'm just tired of it. We're going to do the same thing every year. We're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to run out of gas. We're going to run into a team that's just better than us, like we always do every single year, the Islanders or whatever, even if we even make the playoffs this year. There's your minute on the Flyers. We're going to get my blood pressure up. I'm good. I am good, good on that. So I think we've run through all four of the uh, the Philly sports. That's about all that's going on. We're looking forward to the Phils and you know the Eagles draft will be coming up soon. That you know We'll keep doing those PFF simulators and I'm sure we can do a whole one. I'm not. I'm not all. I'm not really into the, uh, the you know the later the later rounds. It seems like that's such a crapshoot. And you know, you know, we when I when I went through uh, Howie Roseman's uh, you know his history and and all of his picks, you really can't hold it again. I mean, he hits on some of them, but it's kind of like uh, you know 
it's a win-win for most of those GMs because you're not expected to hit on them, and you you know you can grab a you know you know Tom Brady or you know you can grab a great players in in the end at the end of the round and even undrafted, you know. So it's yeah, I digress. I, I don't even know where I wanted to go with that, but I, I just wanted to say like it's you know I I fuck Howie Roseman. That's where I wanted to go with it. All right, UFC two sixty. Francis Ngannou. Holy shit! The Phils had the base. I just turned around and like checked the Phillies game real quick because I, I ran a little. I ran a little over here doing this. Phils had the bases loaded and Alec Bohm's up. It's win- it looks windy as fuck down there, but there you go, Alec. Take that inside pitch. Um, Francis Ngannou, dude. I mean, what? 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 Where do you start, dude? That it. He came out measured. Came out patient. He didn't go crazy like he did in the first fight. He didn't lose his cool. He didn't try and put him out with a one punch. I mean, he rushed him when he needed to, but he didn't lose his cool. Stipe went for the takedown. He sprawled, you know, then went to his back, started to tag him up from behind. I mean, it, it, you just knew right right then that, that he was up against it and that the 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 you know the adjustments and the the predictions of people that Steve Bay was just going to be able to wrestle fuck him for five rounds, you know instantly went out the window and then it just turns into well now he's going to have to stand with him, but you know this fight's over. It's it's like the typical like you know it's any striker versus grappler if if Connor was able to stuff that first takedown against against Khabib the 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 whole fight's different at least the way you view it you know you're like whoa oh my god like he he did that. He made that look easy. So then the, the you know, Stipe doesn't know what to do. He, you know, he's he's getting tagged up. He's getting fucking, you know, he he's trying to move left to right and he can't he can't find a way in on on Francis. And then the second round started, they were talking to him in the corner like they, you know, basically like, "Hey man, we need more action." And you know, when you need more action against Francis, you know, if Francis is not going to blow his wad and just throw crazy looping punches then you know and he's only going to tag you with meaningful straight you know jabs and hooks and little short hooks and that you're in trouble dude and you Stipe found out the hard way man he tag he the the reason Stipe got knocked out is because he was hurt he was recovering and he tagged Francis and wobbled Francis and he thought he hurt him bad he ran in and he got clipped with a with a hook that just shut him off folded his leg up behind him, and then Francis put the, the final nail in the coffin and ended Stipe's run, which seems like for good. Not, you know, as long as Francis holds the title, Stipe Miocic will have a tough time beating him, and he's only getting older. He's going to be, you know, he's 38 now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He's 38. He'll be 39 in August, so he'll be 39 the next time he fights. If I had to guess, I, I don't think we'll see Stipe for a while. If we ever see him again, he has nothing left to prove. He he did it all, man. He defended this title what six, you know, record tying six times. Uh, he he's just going to be a tough night out for him, Nurse Francis, man. Uh, the replicating that first fight is going to be very hard, as it it seemed like uh, we found out through the Stipe and DC trilogy. You know, it, it was DC was never able to replicate that. He was never able to catch Stipe with a punch and hurt him like that again. But and but Fran, if, with Francis, it's a different animal. You know, Stipe's not if he's not going to be able to wrestle him, 
He's not going to be able to stand with him for five rounds. No one can stand with Francis for five rounds. I refuse to believe it. And we found out on uh, on Saturday, dude. Shout, shout out to Francis, man. He is he is the champ. He should be proud of himself, man. That that was a hell of a performance, and you took out the greatest of all time. And you know, in the UFC, what's next? It it, it looks like it's going to be John Jones. It looks like there's going to be a long, drawn-out battle publicly over money and, you know, what what John Jones thinks he's worth and what he believes he deserves for a fight against Francis Ngannou. He is probably looking for a payday because he knows he might go to sleep, which is a very real possibility when you're fighting Francis. That's no that's no disrespect to John Jones. John John. I, I think he is overplaying his hand a little bit in the sense that like he's not worth like you're not gonna get ten million up front. I don't know any UFC fighter who's ever gotten that much up front. I, I know Connor gets like five maybe maximum, you know, uh, three or four. It's like it's a lower number, and the back end is where a lot of that money is made, I believe. But uh, I don't like you know I'm not I'm not a uh, financial expert. I am not in the UFC. I really don't like. You know, I don't want anything to do with these negotiations back and forth, but, you know, I, I listen to guys like DC and others when they say, you know, that these negotiations are not usually played out well in public. John likes to do it. He's an emotional guy, and he jumps to Twitter, and as soon as something happens, he wants to, you know, he's re- you know he wants to tell people what's going on, and he, you know, he wants to prove to everyone that he's the best, and he's the, <clears throat> his first voice crack, it was only like 40 minutes in, dude, it's pretty impressive. Um... And it's just like a, it's going to be a pissing contest because Dana doesn't have to make that fight. He's not he's not in a rush to make that fight. Uh, the only other Francis fight would be uh, Derek Lewis, and I don't think he's exactly in a rush to make that fight either. So this might be a little longer than we think. Uh, I hope we see Francis by like August, by the end of the summer. It seems like it's, the last couple years has been a big heavyweight card. Uh, so. I look, I look forward to that. I'm I'm rooting for it, and I I can't wait to see Francis again, man. And congratulations to him becoming the champion, dude. I, he he uh, he is he is a true superstar. He he absolutely could be. There, there's when watching him fight, it feels like an event. Still, it, it always did beforehand. Before, but this now that he now now that he's right, you know, now that he's got the belt around his waist, it feels different, and it is different. Hats off to him, man. So we'll see what happens next. Like I said, uh, you know, who who knows what? I, I imagine that it has to be John Jones and Francis. But if if John Jones is really gonna try and play hardball with Dana White, Dana doesn't, you know, Dana doesn't really like to play that game. He doesn't like being, you know, pushed up against the wall. He'll do something out of spite just to, you know, save face or remain, you know, the the right person in a certain situation. You hear guys like Dar- uh, Luke Rockhold talking about how he it's like mafioso uh, sort of negotiations, how like, you know, vague threatening and, you know, blackmail sort of uh, situation. So we'll see. We'll see if they're able to figure that out. Vicente Luque hits a uh, crazy-ass choke along the fence. Uh, a Bravo choke, I believe it says here on the uh, on the Wikipedia. I'm sure that my jujitsu, my my jitsos, will be uh, you know not so happy about me beefing the name of that, but I'm sorry. Uh, Woodley had him hurt. You know he he went in. He he had a he came in and um, 
tried to put the fight on Luke. Luke, Luke was uh, bigger and stronger than I thought he was going to be. Uh, this is my only loss of the night, folks. Uh, uh, you know, betting wise. Luke, you know, the good thing I can say about this was that Woodley came in and he didn't uh, accept defeat. He didn't let it happen. He didn't, you know, just get thoroughly outgrappled or dominated for a long period of time. He came in there. He tried to bring the fight to Luke and he just got caught, expo you know, exposed. He got a little wild with with that uppercut and just trying to put uh, Luke out. He got hit with a bomb because Luke throws bombs. And he he fought, man. He he was hurt for a whole like minute there before he eventually got taken down and choked out. And he just got caught along the fence and he couldn't really get out that that choke. He couldn't get out of unless he had more space. And it's just crazy to see, you know. I mean, black belt Tyron Woodley get tapped out like that, but that just goes to show you when you're hurt like that, anything can happen, and anyone can get caught on any given night. Sean O'Malley, Sugar Show is back. He puts the final nail in the coffin on Thomas Almeida uh, with a crazy ground and pound punch. Puts him down, dude. Lights out. Uh, I would like to tell you, everyone, I kind of uh, hinted at a um, submission and then backed off of it. I don't think he's ever going to submit anyone. It's just the way he is. He, he operates. He doesn't want anything to do with the submission or the grappling aspect. If you listen to him talk and oh, my pack's bothering me. i got to get a better chair for this, folks. Um we listen to him talk, and he does. He just wants to knock people out. He wants. He wants the highlight reel. He is the sugar show, and he want. He wants to just cash out on these viral knockouts. And uh, you know, for for the most part, that's it's fun. But when you're gonna start fighting the upper echelon of the division, it, it's gonna start. You know, it, it could come back to bite you. And sometimes I just want to see him go out there and just do what he has to do to beat these guys. But another part of me loves the show, loves the entertainment. And, you know, just um, I'm trying to think of the word, but, like, is, is honored to watch a guy like Sean O'Malley perform and, and do his thing whenever I get the chance to, you know. And shout out to Sean O'Malley. There's talks of him now either going to fight Dominic Cruz or somebody in, in that ilk uh, moving himself up in the division, fighting a ranked guy. He's got to fight a ranked guy. You know, I, I doubt they do the uh, Cheeto Vera rematch but th those are things that I want to see I want I want to see him fight against uh, uh, a, a top guy an upper echelon guy he was talking about Dominic Cruz on the co-main event of the Connor and Dustin fight which is now pretty much set for July 10th so I that that's something that I like uh, that I'm all in on Miranda Maverick beats uh, Jillian Robertson kind of just was out classing her in a lot of uh, a lot of the parts Robertson was able to hold her down for that second round uh, for a good portion of it but she's still Miranda Maverick was still able to get two uh, 30 27s so I mean Robertson was holding her down and uh, had a dominant position on the ground but she really was not able to do much with it and I guess that's why the judges didn't give her the uh, the, the benefit of the doubt in those, in those rounds, but you, you know, Miranda Maverick, she, she didn't really do much either, you know, like, she didn't do enough to kind of steal those rounds in my, the one round in my opinion, I, I thought she won, I thought I had a 29-28, I believe it was a second round, kind of hazy, I was, a, you know, a little intoxicated, but, ja, Jamie Malarkey knocking out Kama Worthy was fucking crazy too, I mean, it's 46 seconds, put him out, um, 
And that, that, that was the uh, begin. That was, that was starting off the uh, the main card, dude. We went four and one on the main card. We left with some change in our pockets. We got you know Fanduel sent us Fanduel sent us a, a nice check. It's not here yet, but it, you know it'll be it, it'll be here. It's not actually a check. I'm getting them to wire my shit. I'm just kidding, bro. Send my shit right to me. It's 2021. Wire that money to me, bro. Uh, Alonzo Menafield won. Abu Abu Bakar got it done against Jared Gooden because Jared Gooden stinks. With all due respect, uh, Michael Olajizuk. Uh, beat Modestus Busakis in a split decision. Omar Morales got it done against Shane Young, which was one of the picks that I gave you. I was just giving the prelim card, but I gave you gave you warning, gave you warning, folk, that, that these were not. You know, I am not selling my soul for these uh, perform or fight. I don't know. The fight of the night was uh, Luke and Woodley in, in the three minutes and fifty six seconds that they were in the octagon together. But. I mean, if you if you look at the the whole the whole card, yeah, that probably was because that that was a crazy you know mi- you know th- three minutes and fifty six seconds. They both had each other hurt, but you know, Luke got it done and per- performance at night to Francis Ngannou and Sean O'Malley. Because you know, who else are you gonna give it to, bro? I mean, other than Malarkey probably pissed. He knocked that dude out in forty six seconds. But I mean, it is comma worthy. You can't. Can't get too much in your you know in your feelings. I, that that guy is only famous because he was a plus eight hundred and knocked a guy out, and now he's in that in that card he was somehow like close to being a favorite. Like he was like my I'm pretty sure he was the favorite because I I think that's why I fired Malarkey, which made no sense to me, folks. But follow the line, folks. Follow the number. All right, it's not always about the fight. Just look at the number, and you gotta be you gotta be okay with the win or lose. And, uh, you know, it seems like, folks, I'm starting to notice a trend. I'm hitting these big pay-per-view cards. But uh, the fight nights are where I get a little, you know, I lose my way. And I start to, you know, start to lose some money, folks. I, I won't lie to you. I, I've lost some money in some of those uh, some of those cards. But, you know, this we got a weekend off. Uh, it's Easter. So, you know, for all who are, you know, religious or not or celebrating it, happy Easter. Uh, enjoy. No UFC this weekend. We got a uh, card next week, April 10th. Darren Till pulled out with a broken collarbone, and Kevin Holland was rewarded with a main event on ABC and, you know, pretty much prime hours in the afternoon. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed because Kevin Kevin Holland gets rewarded for his horrible performance against Derek Brunson. He can make it all right by going out there and fighting Vittori and knocking him out because... I'm sure Vittori will be wanting to stand, but I think Vittori is going to fuck him up. But, you know, in typical Kevin Holland fashion, it would be a Kevin Holland performance for him to come out and take it to him and, you know, get it done. So, we'll see. Kevin Holland's probably better off on, on short notice, so he doesn't have to think about it. He can just go in there and perform. And, uh, he has a, like, uh, listening to Teddy Atlas, who has a great podcast, folks, for anyone who listens, he was talking about how that a lot of guys like that as a built-in excuse. Excuse! Now the voice cracks are starting to happen. I'm starting to lose my way, folks. Uh, they like it as like a built-in excuse to like say, "Oh, look, you know, I lost because of this or that." And there's Kevin Holland's built-in excuse. So maybe you'll get a good performance from him. Alrighty, folks. Hot take, hot box. Matt McSweeney. Thank you for listening, and I uh, hope to see you next week. Go Phils.